CEO Money, I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right, I have Ashley Michichi. Did I pronounce it or butcher it, Ashley? A slight butcher. A slight butcher. All right, she's the <laughs> CEO of True North Retirement Advisors. Give us, Ashley, give us your uh, proper pronunciation of your last name. It's Michike. Michike. And it's very Italian, yes. It's actually my married name. My maiden name was Wilson, and no one ever mispronounced that. So it's the cross I have to bear, I guess. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sure it comes with benefits. All right. Give me some background <laughs> on you, how you got into True North Retirement Advisors, and what you do for people. And then I've got a few other questions for you. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talking to you and your listeners. And so my background is in uh, financial services. So I actually started off 12 years ago as a generalist financial advisor, and I joined my father in his financial advisory practice. And then in 2017, we launched True North Retirement Advisors, which we co-own together. So prior to that, we worked at big firms for uh, many years and just found that in that environment, we were not able to serve our clients in a way that made sense for us or for them. And so the only option was really going out on our own, which we were both sort of reluctant to do because we've neither of us have um, re really had much experience operating and running a business. Um, so, but it's been a, it's been an interesting journey and it's been a lot of fun and I'm, we're both very happy that we've done it. So Congratulations. yeah, that's kind of how we got. Thank you. Um, that is really cool that your second generation financial advisor that you work with your dad to, to grow your own business after getting all of the real proper schooling and licensing in, in a larger investment house. I, mean, I mean, really applaud you. Not a lot of people have the guts to do what you're doing. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's not easy and it's not, you know, entrepreneurship is definitely not thinking that's for everybody as i've i've learned uh the hard way <laughs> uh, i'm an entrepreneur from way back myself now um you have a, a, a specific niche in the market um uh, tell us how you work with people uh to really organize an exit plan for their business from a financial perspective not just selling the business, but actually what they need to do to prepare for that. Okay. So um, basically what we do, our specialty is working with our business owner clients and helping them navigate that transition our business. So um, you might be wanting to sell your business to a third party. Maybe in a family business like mine, you want to transition to that next generation or a key employee. And so... And there are a variety of exit paths that a business owner can take, and it just depends based on what their goals are, what's important to them. And there's a lot of moving parts. And what's what's interesting about a business exit that I think is different than just regular retirement planning is that 
most business owners, their entire financial net worth or most of it is tied up in their business. And when you exit your business, it's often an irreversible decision. And so it's very important that business owners do the right things in the right order and prioritize the right things um, so that they're not focusing on the wrong things or chasing shiny little objects. And so we help them focus. Here are the most important things that you need to do. And here's the order that you need to do them in. And when necessary, we'll bring in the CPA and the attorney because there's the financial, the legal, the tax, it's all very much intertwined um, in the exit process. So we're kind of the quarterback of that entire process, whether it takes six months or six years. uh, We manage that for our clients and help them uh, make sure that the transition is as smooth as possible. What are the three biggest common mistakes that you see when people are trying to go down this path? Yeah, I think the biggest one is that they procrastinate. I, I sometimes said that my my biggest competition is not other people who do what I do because frankly, there's just not a lot of people out there who will manage this entire exit process. Um, my biggest competition is business owners who procrastinate and they wait and then they get burned out or an opportunity to maybe sell their business passes them by and they just couldn't pull the trigger. So that's a big mistake is just procrastination and waiting too long. Um, and then another big mistake that I see quite often is that business owners don't take the opportunity to find out what their business is worth. And it, in our exit planning practice, that's the very first thing that we do because we have to figure out where the business stands right now. What is it worth? And when you combine that with all of your other financial resources, do you are you even able to exit or are there things that we need to do to grow the value of the business? So that's another mistake that a lot of business owners make. They just don't figure out what their business is, is worth. And so that and procrastination and waiting too long. Um, and I would say, you know, the third thing, uh, it can be a variety of things, but you'd be shocked how often business owners don't have basic uh, employment agreements in place or processes or their business is still like up in their head you know everything about how to operate the business just lives up in their head and so um, getting documenting getting agreements in place the legal side of things I think is is the third area where I see a lot of business owners make mistakes um, along that along the way What's the normal path uh, that you walk through with a business owner? I mean, I I own this business. I'm not sure I'm going to hand it off to my children. Uh, I need to sell it versus I am going to have a legacy business and I am going to hand it off. So there's two different approaches to exiting a business. One, it stays in the family, if you will. And the other, I'm out. So when you start to, to come down to those hard decisions, what's the path that you need to take and how early should you really be thinking about this exit plan? Well, I always say there's a quote from Stephen Covey that says, begin with the end in mind. And as you're starting your business and then as you go on, as you bring people on, let's say they're family members, um, 
business owners, you you know, especially if it's a family transition, you want to set that next generation up for success. And you don't want the business to fail under their watch. They don't want the business to fail under their watch. And so one of the key things, especially in an inside transfer, whether it's to an employer or a family member, is just making sure that we're setting up the next generation for success. There's a lot of people out there who just don't have the the personality traits, the skill set to own and operate a business. And we don't want to pass the business along to them and hope and pray that everything turns out okay. They may not even want the business, but they're afraid to tell you that, especially if it's a family member and you've been grooming them. Like my dad has been telling people since I was five years old that I was going to take over for him someday. And it turns out that I'm actually okay with that. But for a lot of children, that's a pretty common thing that happens in family businesses. And there's a lot of pressure associated with that. So depending on what the path is, I think it's very clear that business owners, once they kind of know where they stand and know the value of their business, uh, understanding what they want, what that timeline looks like, who is an ideal successor, um, not who you've necessarily currently identified as a successor, but who is the ideal successor to take over and run this business uh, after you exit. And then the timeline and what that should look like, because if it's in an inside transfer and we want to set that person up for success, that's usually going to be a longer time period in grooming that person and training them and making sure that you're sort of gradually stepping back from the business and replacing yourself versus in a third party transaction, it can happen much, much quicker than that. The internal dynamics of not just trying to have a succession of leadership come into the company and hand it from one generation to the other is I found that in talking to, to people who are exiting their company, it's not just their net worth, it's actually their self-worth. Their whole identity yeah. is wrapped up in that business and they so they, there are some other dynamics that go on in these transitions that normally they don't hit the balance sheet. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. And um, I wish, had, had I known that the psychology aspect and the behavioral aspect was such an important part, I probably would have majored in psychology and not finance because um, it, it is, you are so right, Michael, it is a absolutely crucial thing. And, and a lot of times in these conversations, especially initially, you know, a client may say one thing, but you have you really have to be a good listener and dig a little bit deeper and have the courage to kind of go to places that are maybe uncomfortable to talk about but it is very true like a lot of business owners especially if they're successful and they've been running their business for a long time their entire identity their sense of self-worth is tied up in their business and so um one of the things that's important i think for business owners to do is to if they grab back from the business, knowing that someday, you know, 100% of owners exit their business. Some of them will be horizontal when that happens, but everybody will exit. And so after retire, you know, if you want to stay and continue to operate your business and you're 80 years old, that might be okay in certain cases. But most, you know, 80 year-olds aren't going to be wanting to run the day-to-day operations. So business owners are in a unique situation where they can test the waters of of exiting before they actually pull the trigger and do anything about it just by um, gradually replacing themselves in certain roles and, and certain 
aspects of their job and passing that along to somebody else, putting processes in place, um, all of those things to kind of gradually replace them will allow business owners to kind of test the waters and see, okay, do I want to continue down this path? Or maybe I really don't want to retire and I want to, you know, shift my role in this organization because I don't, what we don't want to do is have an owner that dies suddenly and they've done nothing to plan for their exit and the business because the, the business value will drop substantially if that if and when that happens and if you haven't set up your internal team your employees for that event a lot of them will just sort of scatter and go find employment elsewhere because of the uncertainty so we don't want that situation i've seen that happen with clients and it's very devastating for the business and the family of the business owner and we want to that so it's essential regardless of what how long you want to work that you do take steps to gradually replace yourself and start that exit some of the things that i think people think about late in this strategy is the, their, their whole business is about growing it, creating a good cash flow to provide for themselves. And then the people they become associated with, some of them turn into family members by being employees. But that's a separate, um, that's a separate focus from creating a higher value for the company in, in, in preparation for an exit. How do you work with those dynamics? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, are you talking? Is your it sounds like you're sort of talking about this mindset shift, which is very no, no, common. No, purely the financial oh. side. How do you create a higher net asset value for the company? So, when an outside buyer wants to buy it, they they're looking at a higher value that they're going to get for their their money because they're not buying it to be to buy the peak of the business. They're buying it because they think it can grow further. And so you've got to create a value proposition for the buyers coming in if you're trying to exit that gives mm -hmm. the feeling that there's still more growth here, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it, a lot of the financial metrics for any business are, are going to be attractive and want to present that to a potential buyer, like, you know, consistent profitability and cash flow and, you know, uh, concentration or actually lack thereof, concentration of customer base. You know, we don't, we don't want three customers where if one of them went away, that would be the end of the business. Um, so there's a lot of factors to consider, both in growing and protecting the value of the business uh, when it comes to a third-party transition. Um, and it also depends on, you know, who that buyer is. It might be, uh, you know, there's a lot of venture capitalists out there. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, private equity. There's also, uh, you know, maybe it's a competitor down the street or across the country that wants to expand into this territory that you're in. So there's a lot of um, decisions that need to be made in terms of, okay, how are we going to position this business and what do we want to do to maximize the value for the seller and make it attractive for the buyer? And I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. Now, you're in a unique position because when you're talking about transitions of businesses you can see upward trends and downward trends about where the economy is going because some people if they get nervous they want to sell at any cost just so that they don't have to hold all the liability if the economy turns south and different market sectors yeah. seem to move in 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 rhythms of their own you have having your finger on the pulse of 
the economy where you are, are you seeing a trend in any particular type of industry sector that's more active now than they have been in the past? You know, my clients are varying enough, and most of them because they're they're small businesses. Um, it, it the the situation varies more client to client versus industry to industry. That's just my ex- personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's really interesting. There are certain exceptions. Like I have one client whose business is so specialized and he really wants to do a third party transfer, but there's probably only a handful of companies in the country where that would be a good strategic fit. So um, that's that's a unique situation. I have another client who uh, does, it's a manufacturing company and all of their product comes from China. And so they need to figure out some things with the tariffs. Um, Otherwise, if they just kind of sit back and uh, hope that things turn out okay, uh, it's going to really hurt their business and and hurt their bottom line. So I think, you know, it depends a lot on the business and the exit path chosen. But in a third party sale, um, you know, the good news is, aside from companies who are impacted by the tariffs we've had such a long run up in terms of the economy it's over 10 years now and frankly most of my business owner clients are not um are not that concerned about the economy because as long as business is still good for them then they're they're just kind of happy to keep their head in the sand and they just don't think and ahead far enough to think okay well what would happen to my business in the next recession um most business owners just are not thinking about that and planning for that uh in in my experience and i wish more of them would but give me an idea of the the big hard message because this is a this is a real gut-wrenching experience to sell your business and and move out what are some of the real hard gut-wrenching experiences that you think people should should face if they're going to make this decision and, and make an exit that they've got to come to terms with before they engage somebody like you I think that the first and foremost, we've already sort of talked about these, but uh, first and foremost would be getting a good handle on what your business is worth. Um, you really need to understand that. And that's that's something that we help our clients with. We do it for free as the first step in the exit planning process. So you so actually do the valuations can- yourself. Yes, yeah, so we do an estimate of value, and most business owners will pay ten to thirty thousand dollars for a certified valuation. But all we really need in the very beginning is an estimate of value, and all business owners need to gather are eight pieces of very basic information profits, revenue, whether or not they rent or own, accounts payable, accounts receivable. Like these are all basic, high-level, easily accessible data points. And then we enter it into the valuation software that we have. And there are over 50 million businesses in the country. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in, uh, what kind of business you have, there's good comparative data. So you can see, here's what my business is worth. And what we found is that in general, even though it's very high level information and uh, we're not digging too deep and going back years and years and pouring through mountains of financial data, it's still very accurate versus what you might pay somebody $10,000 to do. Now, you may need, depending on the um, type of exit you're 
you're doing, you may end up needing a certified valuation at some point. But at least in the beginning stages, we don't need that. We just need to have a good handle on a, a solid, accurate estimate of value. And that's what we do for our clients as the very first step. Um, because we find that it unleashes the whole rest of the exit planning process. Now I know what my business is worth and now I know if I can continue down that path or if I need to focus on growing this more before I can exit. So to kind of circle back to your question, I think business owners really need to come to terms with what that timeline looks for them, looks like for them. Is that realistic? Um, and try to anticipate, like if you're starting to feel like, you know, maybe in five to 10 years, but not right now, uh, I, I'm thinking I want to retire and exit, then you really do start planning at least five years out, even 10 years or longer if it's a more complicated uh, inside transition that may take some more time. Um, and the longer you give yourself to plan, the more that you can do it gradually and slowly without taking the focus away on your business and running your business, which is what you want to continue to do. So, and that's kind of where we help clients too, is that we're managing this entire process. They don't, they don't need to manage it on their own. And so um, by doing that, they're able to continue to focus on running their business and making sure that they're not, uh, you know, abandoning that too, because we can't have the business value drop in the last few years because the business owner is so focused on exiting their business. And we don't want that to happen either. Got it. Ashley, you've been a great guest on today's show. Thanks for joining with us. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It was a pleasure. Mine too. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Don't forget, download our new app on iOS and Android. We'll talk to you soon.